0: I'm Jody Crumpy, director of the Erie City Mission Thrift Stores and Donation Center. When you shop at one of our two thrift stores or drop off items at our donation center, you are providing a meal. You are housing a man in our shelter, helping men and women overcome addiction and giving our inner city youth an opportunity to learn. I want to thank you for making a difference. This is our city, our mission. God bless you.
1: All year round, Frontier Home Products and Design has what you need to make your home comfortable and beautiful. Relax on a new timber tech deck designed by Frontier's experts. A new fireplace from Frontier Home Products Fireplace Gallery adds warmth and serenity to any home. Beauty and versatility at Frontier Home Products and Design Center, 4213 Petrie's 5th next to the Bayfront Highway. Frontier Home Products and Design Center. Discover a new frontier. PA Contractor number PA039007.
0: Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natalie.
1: Making the short walk from the Erie County Courthouse is the county executive, Brenton Davis. Good to see you, Brent. How are you, sir?
0: Good to see you. I like to call that the tall walk, but
1: just <laughs> the, between the us. Tall walk. <laughs> you know, they used to have um, they used to have hangings in between those two buildings over there at the courthouse, right? Have you ever dug into any of history over there? We're
0: supposed to, this is supposed to be an economic development <laughs> show, know. the positives of Erie. <laughs> right.
1: But yeah, I mean, it's not the history we want folks to come for. (laughs) I'm thinking that right outside your window, there was probably a gallows at some point.
0: (laughs) Some might argue
1: So, it it might still exist. No, just joking. Hey, um, uh, busy month.
0: It's been very busy.
1: Yeah. Uh, You got to be gratified at when we're talking about economic development. I mean, you look out on 12th Street there. What E M you know where that E M I project is going? We finally have two lanes of traffic moving again on uh, eastbound. That's moving forward. Uh, you've got your private investment and announcement of maybe some new public investment. Can you kind of talk about
0: that? Yeah. So we uh, looks like for the first time in twenty five years, or nearly a quarter century, or over a quarter century, we haven't had a new business park open in Erie County. The last one was out in Fairview, I believe, in nineteen ninety eight. And uh, we're looking at um, kicking off the second business park in Fairview. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, county-owned land, about 200 acres, by Pleasant Ridge West. You know, taxpayers haven't seen anything for nearly two decades that we've owned this. You know, it was mm-hmm. prospected many years ago. It's never been put into action. You know, it's been talked about for different administrations, and nobody had the pallet or the wherewithal to get it through. And, you know, I believe we're going to get that done.
1: That that's amazing. The um uh it's it's basically closer to Route twenty from Pleasant Ridge Park there. Is that a county park, Pleasant Ridge no, Park? No, so that
0: that would be uh that's owned by uh Fairview Township. Township. Okay. Yep. So I mean there's there's a lot of amenities that are going in there. You know, we yeah. involved the townships early in that conversation and you know, I've attended some different meetings or uh, different like little little kids cross country meets and different events that take place there and there's parking that's always flooding those Mm -hmm. those roadways so we've built in some public access parking some walking trails uh sound and tree buffers so i mean when you're not talking industrial park you're not talking about like a forge or anything dirty i mean these are these are quiet businesses you know much like that exist in the other fairview business park so i mean this is responsible development i mean the one problem that we have You know, we talked months ago about going to the largest, the world's largest foreign direct investment conference in D.C. a few months ago we attended. And the number one disadvantage we have is, is companies are ready. They're looking. I mean, they want to come, they want to make a decision, and they want to get to work. And we just don't have anything available to that. You know, you can't show a company empty lots and say, hey, well, if you cut these trees down and in 24 months you might be able to kind of do something, you need to be pre-zoned needs to be zoned. The infrastructure needs to be in the ground. And you need to be able to pivot and say, do you want one lot? Do you want five lots? Do you want 10 acres? Or do you want 50 acres? And that is what's going to drive our economy. When you hear folks around Erie County talk about nothing new ever happens here, well, this is why. Mm. This is 100% why.
1: Well, I, I and
0: I, I understand
1: we have this narrative that we lost 10 years of economic development with the collapse of develop Erie and uh, you know we we're just trying to catch up, and in in our conversation with Tina and they're looking for a million square feet uh, of at least shovel ready or pad space uh, eventually. And now you have your economic development office uh, that is kind of working hand in hand with that with those goals. Um, but it's really it's really hard to understand why Erie did not jump on, um, you know, basically what is a, a basic template that's out there. I, I think about uh, uh, Mississippi, for example, and they, they, their ability to attract all those major multinational corporations near Jackson, Mississippi, and that was all a guy who made sure that there was infrastructure ready to go.
0: So, I mean, who you're talking about is Joe Max Higgins. Yeah. But— I mean, there, there's a lot of different variations. I mean, I was just down in Mobile, Alabama, at Airbus, looking at the largest manufacturer for aircraft. I mean, they just happened to have an airport sitting there. Well, you look at different things. You look like Corey Airport. You look at these different places that maybe don't see the traffic, the municipal airports that are able to attract that investment. And, I mean, they had a key of players that got together and said, hey, we have an airport. We have these old World War II hangars that could be retrofitted. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things. We can't compare ourselves to Mississippi or any of these other states because, I mean, sometimes it's apples to oranges. You have different mechanisms. Predominantly in these areas, the land is flat and clear, or it's just pine trees. It's very simple to clear. You know, we are a post-industrial city. So we have to look at, we're not necessarily in this case, we are developing flat farm ground, which is why... Early in my administration, it caught my eye, and I knew even before taking office that I was going to set my sights on this project. You know, so I mean, there, there there's no th- this is the key factor in the great equalizer. You you have to have inventory to sell to a customer. Right. You know, you can't just say, hey, you know, I'm a business owner. I don't really have a product for you, but I'd like you to consider buying from so me. So the
1: inventory, to be clear, is land that has built-in infrastructure, meaning sewer, water, electric broadband right 100 I mean, that that's what you're providing to these site selectors
0: and, and, and what this does is it, it moves these companies forward i mean the business the private sector is a fast-paced world so what you're doing is you're taking a company instead of buying a lot clearing a lot going through the zoning getting it rezoned putting in roads putting in infrastructure this is years of work you're doing that advanced work so instead of a company starting off from at bat I mean, you're putting them here in Erie County on third base automatically. So when you compare, say, the Mississippis of the world or the Ohio's of the world that have these shovel-ready business parks or, you know, fabricated buildings, prefabricated buildings that are already kind of generally clear-span and able to be modified to suit their needs, you know, that's what you're competing against. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be able to compete with the rest of the free market world unless there's a reason due to proximity – where a company has to be here for X resource or X customer base, you know, and that's where you're gonna get those singles and those doubles as a community that these companies are gonna invest here because it's a part of their business plan. Amazon's distribution center was an example of that. They wanna be in populations of 500,000 people, you know, and they're gonna duplicate that across the nation, North America, and eventually the globe, and they're well on their way. You know, So that's nothing that local economic development did or any conversation right. anyone had to get Amazon to land here. But when you're competing with uh, companies like we've talked to, uh, mining companies out of South Africa that are operating in Georgia that can't get the qualified welding workforce and the machinists and the things that they need, these are companies that we've already be- begun having the conversations with and started courting, saying, hey, listen, come visit here. Yeah. Come visit Erie. But if I don't have a place to say, here is where you can put your company... To walk them around and say, This is what we can do for you. Here's the incentives from the state. This is the package from the governor's office that says, Here's the incentives. Here's what we'll give you for moving 150 jobs from South Africa or Georgia to Pennsylvania. That's how you have to be competitive. You know, you won't put incentives together for a company that's already in the Pennsylvania economy. And, and, and that's how we have to be competitive between these states.
1: Well, you mentioned uh, to AJ Rayo in the paper this morning about that there are local companies looking to expand that could be possible um, possible tenants of this new park.
0: Well, I mean, I don't make many direct quotes to the Erie Times. So let's get that clear. Okay. So, I mean, he, he, he heard that in a conversation somewhere and quoted it. But. The reality is, is there are companies here looking to expand. You know, we missed an opportunity. There was a company from Poland that was looking to put a research and development uh, arm there early on. You know, it's taken us a little too long to get out of the gate. And uh, unfortunately... Our and they ca-
1: couldn't pivot over to Knowledge Park or something like that? Uh,
0: no. So they ultimately ended up where they are down in Crawford County. Okay. And uh, they incentivized the governor. They got, gave him an existing RCAP that another company hadn't used. And uh, that opportunity is going to remain in Crawford County, and it's good for those folks. Sure, you know those aren't really, those aren't really the kinds of investments that we really want to make because all we're doing is cannibalizing our surrounding economy. It's borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, and it's it's not growing our macro economy in this region. I mean, really, to move the meter, you've got to move new industry, new companies, or Expand what we have, Mm -hmm. you know, not steal it from somewhere else, taking it from A and giving it to B. It's not really a net positive gain for anybody, Mm -hmm. you know? So looking at an existing company that could expand, say, down the road where they're saying, Hey, we're landlocked where we are. We could use another hundred thousand or 250,000 square feet. Well, those are the folks business expansion, a hundred percent. It grows the pie, right? So you have to look at all different opportunities to grow that pie, but we've got to diversify our approaches. I mean, it can't all be, you know, what they call whale hunting. You can't look for the next Amazon 2.0 or right. whatever. Cause I mean, we're not in contention for those jobs. We don't, we don't have the expertise necessarily to support those things. And in the end, we have to make strategic investments in these emerging economies that are gonna create family sustaining jobs. Mm. You know, we don't want the, you know, I mean, I've been critical of like the hydroponics and the fish farming because what is that really gonna pay? What does that sell to the next generation? Like, yes, a job is great. A job is better than no job, but a menial paying job with no upward economic mobility potential does not help your next generation do better than the one before it. And I mean, I'm adamant about that
1: if you were to kind of give us, um, kind of a baseline of where we are with, uh, with, you know, the development of you uh, uh, you know, economic development office with, you know, former mayor Senate, uh, as the head of that, uh, you're working with, uh, the Erie County redevelopment authority and Tina and and his, their crew, uh, where, where are we standing? Are you, are you feeling like you're on a good trajectory that way?
0: almost well, a good foundation. You yeah. know, economic development's clearly a long game, you know, and like you said to I me, mean, you said earlier, talking about different projects, you know, the West County developments that went defunct. You know, I wrote my master's thesis based on that. You know, it did set us back a long time because now you've got... You're a, talking a, about like the... Uh, the GEDC. Yeah, and, that stuff. Yeah. And, and And you look at, you've got a community that abdicated, or a government that abdicated its economic development roles to predominantly a private entity to make you know with an inability to make deals instead of taking full accountability and picking ourselves up and dusting ourselves off we kind of sat dormant you know that risk averse that not in my backyard and then it was like you know we've all heard it gedc you know tires the energy the the juice plant you know there's there's a lot of failed initiatives historically that have made our community really leery of any kind of investment because a lot of times, unfortunately we've gotten it wrong more often than we've gotten it well, right. Even,
1: even around here, Brent, I mean, the, they're, they're throwing the EDDC in that alphabet soup. This is all private, private money. private money. These, these are pu- pu- uh, people with skin in the game here and, it com- and you know, they're making it happen.
0: And part of it is, you know, just the lack of education on civics. I mean, sure. that's the battle of our life every day. Folks that, you know, they say, well, what about this? Well, that has absolutely nothing to do <laughs> right. with what we're even talking about right, right. or no, that's a township or, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, it's a civics one oh one that we're just not getting coming out of our, our public schools, or maybe it's just, it's never been there and people aren't paying attention, you know, but it, it's real easy and it's, it is a complicated system to understand what's private, what's philanthropic, what's the public sector, what money is what, you know, and even for those of us that are in government every day, it's complex, which is why, folks, it's it's so critical to elect the people that you believe can actually do the job as opposed to, I mean, you just look around our community, look at the issues. You know, what is local government supposed to do, you know, in the city, provide public services, pave the streets, plow the streets, take care of our residents, county government, social services, economic development, aiding the private sector, you know, creating... Programs for workforce development to create jobs, those things, you know. But there's such this division and this focus on, like, you know, we talked about identity politics and social justice matters and all these things that don't move the meter, you know. And it, it can't be any more clear. It's not that these issues aren't important, you know, but what is their role, you know? And to me, in county government, it's taking care of your residents by taking care of the future generations. You know, we can have these conversations, but no one responsibility for social justice or any of these things rests simply on the on the shoulders of mm-hmm. any one government. You know, it's a societal issue woven into our societal fabric. And to me, you know, there's been a lot of criticism, like not taking a stand on certain things and staying neutral, you know, but that's recognizing the diversity of our community. Mm-hmm. You know, there's folks that believe I mean, I I have friends and family members from all different walks of life, races, backgrounds, religious beliefs, non-religious beliefs. And, you know, it, it's about finding that compromise amongst all those members, you know, and maybe growing a little thicker skin, I think. But really focusing on the roles of county government, on, on purely what they're meant to be. And, I mean, this is it.
1: When we talk about economic development and Erie and the Erie region's brand, I want to ask you about whether or not this a work stoppage at Wabtec is a net negative for the view of Erie County of maybe being business uh, unfriendly.
0: So I think, I think we need to be careful here because, I mean, there are two sides of the coin. You know, I've went out and walked every picket station at Wabtec and talk to the, the union stewards for various shifts and talk to a lot of the workers. But I've also sat down with the company, and I don't think there's too many people that do both. You know, th- there's a balancing act here. I mean, one, I don't think anyone anywhere that's reasonable wants to see a worker go to work and not be able to get ahead in life. And I don't care who you are and what you do. I mean, if you have a legitimate enterprise and a legitimate skill set and I don't care if you show up to McDonald's or you show up to WabTech, it makes not a bit of difference. You know, you should you should earn fair work for fair pay. You know, and, and you and, and you have a right to a safe work environment. I don't believe that's that's not the complaint from these folks on the line. I mean, really it's it, it's about their bargaining rights, and that seems to be the hang up here. Mm-hmm. You know, but on, on on the side talking to the company, you look at the benefits package that puts them out there. Again, it, as a small business owner, I know, and it goes back to that product. You can only sell a product for what a market will demand and what that demand will pay. Now, when you have a, with this, according to the company, this package that goes out there is going to put this site, this plant, at $40 million over the standard competitive rate. So, I mean, as a business owner, you look at that and say, how, do you, how are you $40 million higher in cost with? I mean, they've got a pretty good sized workforce. I yeah. mean, 1,500 employees. So, but $40 million in cost, you add that, you have to be able to get that out of your product. Well, when you're the same company that has branches in other places that don't cost you as much, like, I mean, to me, this is where we've got to find the happy compromise and is there going to be a happy compromise i don't think so you know i mean that's there might be a begrudging
1: compromise well but but that's i think that's
0: the nature and i've learned this you know having negotiated successfully seven union contracts from the county this year you know it was this was my first go on the county side and you know i don't think any one party walks away completely disgruntled and they shouldn't but no party should walk away with everything because then it's a bad negotiation Mm -hmm. You know so i think you know my hope for all of this is recognizing what these workers are striking for in hearing that message but then also having the realistic sense of the position that the company is in globally in the global market and we need to make sure that we don't price ourselves out of house and home Mm-hmm. You know, talking to the company i mean I mean I know as a as a small business owner, there's only so much you know, and it's right. harder for obviously small businesses, but money is finite, just the same as it is with county government. I would love to pay every one of my people fifty dollars an hour. I mean, if the budget was there and it didn't strap the taxpayers in a utopic world, that'd be perfect, but that's not reality because there's a cost to doing that mm-hmm. every time you raise the line item in a budget, costs go up, and taxpayers foot the bill for a company like wab tech it's it's their private customer it's their end user so you've got to look at that when a company has the ability to pivot and go to other places you know i think that talking to the company and talking to members of the union like hopefully that's something that they can strike a deal Mm -hmm. where both sides feel like they got something there's safety and security for both the worker and also the future of that company because without that company We don't have jobs, you know? So, I mean, to me, I'm highly concerned for both sides of that coin. And, you know, I will never put myself in a position to take anything away from any resident of Erie County, you know? So I think there's a compromise there. And, you know, having spoken to both sides, I can see the merits on both points, you know? And I really hope and really encourage that they stay at the negotiating tables and both sides are reasonable. You know, I hope the company hears what the workers are saying out there at the picket line you know i, I and, and i relayed those concerns i mean i flat out told them after i leave here i'm going to sit down with your leadership and i'm going to convey to make sure there's no miscommunications yeah. and i conveyed it and they heard it and I, and I i think they are it's just a matter of they need to strike a deal and you know for the sake of our community they need to
1: brand i want to pivot here uh again uh in the news over the last month is county ems you've got uh uh west county there gerard uh, considering a fire services tax uh, i think today and um where can you can you update us on, on where this is all at and because you, you're talking to a lot of people on this whole thing
0: so i think for the for the listeners i mean really the key background is you need to look at how bad the crisis really is you know last year we had 1267 dropped calls for ems and if you calculate the time that folks waited for fire or ambulance that equates to 4.7 days nearly five days of waiting total so imagine that that's every minute added up that somebody waited for a call just to be dispatched you're not even talking about responded to and on site that's almost five days cumulatively of waiting in your greatest moment of need. Period, point blank. People have died because of how bad this is. And this is why this is serious. You know, I ran on a no new tax, no fee pledge to the point where I'm proposing that the county steps forward and implements a fee. You know, maybe I'm the only honest politician in the grand scheme of things that willing to say, hey, listen, I'm going to break this pledge. And this is why. Because your life and the life of your loved ones depend upon it. You know, and we squabble over things. And I mean, I've, I've, I've given this talk on EMS in front of literally thousands of residents at this point. And I always ask them to imagine the person that they love the most, your wife, your husband, your little grandchild, your newborn baby, whatever it is. And imagine your loved one face down on the floor or your three-year-old kid or grandkid in the bottom of a swimming pool lifeless. Who wouldn't pay $100 right now? Out of your pocket, reach in your pocket for $100. bucks? i am going to have an ambulance to your door. Faster than national best practice. Everybody would. I've never met a single person that's, I'm not one, has raised her hand and said, absolutely not. I wouldn't pay it. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. Less than a hundred bucks. You know, and and my proposal is that we use, utilize gaming revenue to split the cost. So we're lowering our taxes as that referendum for the casino was, was put on the ballot when we voted on that in 2008. You know, so I mean, this is a crisis. Mm -hmm. You're talking about, you know, duplication of services. People would be appalled to learn that some 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 fire companies in Erie County are closed 99.7% of the time. That's a fire company that's only open for business seven hours out of the entire month. Think about that.
1: I got to ask you, though, that not every township and borough is like
0: another. I mean, some it, seems,
1: some it seems to have it under control. But they you, don't.
0: And and here's the reason. <laughs> you know, you've got some municipalities that think they have this figured out, right? And I've had some township supervisors predominantly from the the north and east of Erie County talking about, hey, we have our section covered. We have this figured out. Well, my rebuttal to them is, is that let's assume that... Every time somebody calls 911, it's answered answer to 100% of the time. And I can tell you based on data and fact, that's 100% false. Because even the areas that think they have it figured out still have dropped calls, still have missed calls, and they still have duplication of services that taxpayers are footing the bill for that we shouldn't be. But the key and point and premise here, it's simple. Let's assume that these areas that have it quote unquote figured out do. And there's not a single drop call and they have the perfect EMS system. Well, the question I pose to these supervisors and borough managers is simple: Do you ever leave your municipality? Does your wife ever venture over to West Springfield to visit Aunt Susie? You ever have a a soccer game or a baseball game or a wrestling match out in Albion, Corey? Well, okay, right there. So you travel. This is a shared service. We cannot make our fire and EMS about haves and have-nots. So, so now you go, you leave an area where you have perfect EMS and you're in a car accident outside of Albion mm-hmm. where it's in crisis, what is Harbor Creek going to come save you because you're a Harbor Creek resident, you better pray to Jesus or whoever you pray to that they don't have to because they're 22 minutes away, mm-hmm. you know, but that's the reality that summit and all these other folks providing mutual aid are going through, you know, they're for the ones that are out of service or covering down. So now you've got residents that are funding, these fire and EMS services, out of their property tax dollars. But guess what? They're going to provide mutual aid under Pennsylvania law through their medical licenses as a requirement for providing that service, and they're going into areas that are not funding it. So if, if you're out there and well,
1: you're— let me, let me just jump in a second because I, I feel like you're, you— some would say that you're trying to paint with a broad brush the entire county— So, you know, whereas maybe a more database approach would show, yeah, let's shore up these problem areas.
0: So that's exactly what we're doing. I mean, this isn't a broad brush of stroke. I mean, nobody's going to argue with me based on data because we've tracked it for the last 18 months. And prior to my election, we never did that. We know where this is at. So not only can we do this better, we can do it more cost effectively and more efficiently, and save them cost by buying supplies in bulk together collectively. I mean, it's, it's a win-win. And, and anybody that says anything otherwise is merely clinging to a fiefdom. I would challenge any. And, and you know, the, the ones that have been critical of this, the fi- any of these fire chiefs that have been critical, and there's very few, I think the loudest ones get the media coverage and the rest. I mean, okay, we just had four municipalities in West County the other night sign on board in support of this. You know, so, I mean, this is just simply politics. You know, folks that don't want to open their books in a lot of cases, folks that believe this is government stepping in and telling them what to do, and that's not the case. A lot of this is misinformation. This isn't the county wanting to run, fire, and EMS. What I'm saying is, is we have millions of dollars, and we're here to help fund you. You shouldn't have to show up to volunteer, to give your time freely, to fundraise, to train to take time away from your families and then haul your butt out of bed at two o'clock in the morning to go to a traffic accident. That's not the nature nature of volunteerism and, and realistically, we could probably boost volunteerism knowing that you don't have to pass the boot. You don't have to do the spaghetti dinners. If you want to, you can continue that to have even more resources. Nobody's saying you can't. All we're saying is, is I want to take this casino gaming revenue and apply it to the tax base as it was sold to us on that referendum. And this is hundred percent the most critical issue in our community. If you don't believe so, anybody that's ever had to dial nine one one for themselves or somebody else, tell me that's not the most critical thing in your life in that moment.
1: Where does this play in the city? Because one of the one of the things that has come up in in our coverage of EMS is you have emergency care that sometimes is not available because they're doing long distance transport to pittsburgh hospital is this going to require uh some minimums here within the city limits you think
0: well i mean you look at i mean the city is a part of erie county of course and and you look at it they are one major municipality but i'll give you one guess at what the number is that the city of erie contributes to ems
1: it's a goose egg
0: it's a it's a goose egg take your fingers and make them touch and that's what they provide (laughs) you know And 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 those days are over. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so you've got the residents out in Erie County in these townships, these small townships that don't have a hundred plus million dollar a year budget. So you've got little old Amity Township or even let's take Greenfield that does very well at providing fire and EMS. I mean, they're on it. They're one amongst the top performers in the county. You know, you got Summit that does very well you know you've got cranesville that does very well you've got some star performers that do very well at providing these services but what are they doing these these the small rural townships with a budget of less than two million bucks is sending their ems their ambulance into the city for no reimbursement so now you've got township people paying for the city so if you don't support this this countywide ems authority this is a way of making it right A lot of these rural communities that don't have a budget, that are struggling to get by, that are funding fire and EMS, they're paying for their neighbor's lunch.
1: Well, the mayor will say that, that it goes both ways, that there's a lot of mutual aid coming from the city out to the county. And I would
0: say where, because there's no mutual aid in EMS when you don't fund it, so I'd say you're absolutely unequivocally full of crap. Like when when you provide zero dollars, explain to me where mutual aid and fire. Yes.
1: Okay, I think that's what. But, he's we, but we're to. not talking
0: about right. fire departments. We're talking about EMS. We are only talking about providing ambulances at this point. Mm-hmm. Ambulances, paramedics, fly cars, EMTs, ALS, BLS. Would you calls. change
1: the structure? of like where the advanced life support might be are we talking about just basic life support so, i mean what what are you looking at so, as so as l- l-
0: let's let's give a good opportunity and, and a lot of this when you create the authority they're going to look at ways because now when you when you do away with the arbitrary township lines and yeah. municipality lines when we're all funding something equally it makes not a bit of difference where that resource sits so this is where you're looking at the problem based upon the data like we should be as opposed to these imaginary township lines it goes, oh, nope, we hit this road that doesn't exist over there, mm. you know, and, and, the, and the clock starts. Well, let's, let's say, for instance, there's one area in, in the middle of Mill Creek that has five nursing homes or elderly care facilities that on average they get about 1,400-ish calls a year. So just for there. Just for that one, I mean, within like a little three-quarter wow. of a mile that's, circle. That
1: sounds like a block from us right here at uh, so, Richford.
0: Yeah. So, so imagine, yeah. imagine that you could take an ambulance and put it an equidistant, equidistant statically placed in between those five sites. Yeah. And and instead of that resident waiting six, seven minutes for an ambulance, your loved one, your grandmother, your aunt, your dad, your grandpa, whoever's in that facility could have an ambulance in two minutes or less. Right. And then when when that's dispatched, You replace another one and i mean as all this is doing is applying the advanced principles that we use in the army for for medevac casualty evacuations there's nobody better in the united states army it's the largest branch of service and they do this under combat i mean it's trial by fire it's it's basic logistics you know and if you look at that you can provide a service that's shared across all 38 municipalities you can have a better service professionally trained, not that these folks aren't, but it would be a professionally trained yeah. service, you know, and you'd be able to pay them decent. You know, it, it's hard to attract folks for these part-time positions. And do you,
1: are you, uh, how are you, you're paying with, uh, with gaming revenue. You don't think you're going to need to add any kind of a fee. So there'd have to be like an EMS
0: fee. So, county-wide, so right? what we're, so what we'd be looking at, so let's just say hypothetically, let's say we use that hundred dollar example we talked yeah. about earlier, who wouldn't pay a hundred bucks for any ambulance? What's like homeowner's insurance? You pay your hundred bucks hoping you don't ever need it, you know? Right. So you look at that hundred bucks. So let's just say, hypothetically, we can cover $60 per household with gaming revenue. That would leave $40 a year per household that would be charged that EMS fee. So for $40 a year, we are all collectively doing this. But, I mean, you have to look and at that. You could the do math. this
1: for like four million bucks?
0: I mean. Well, we have to look at what the numbers okay, are, you know, got because hundred
1: thousand uh, residential units, you know, so you can't,
0: you can't really figure out what the bottom line is right now. Because okay. what we're doing is we've got to look at number one, how many participants do we have, you know, mm-hmm. who's going to participate and and it won't really make well, a difference in the need grand a, scheme.
1: Don't you need everybody in?
0: No. So, I mean, and then Lancaster model, this has already happened in Lancaster County. And they had eight municipalities come on board. I think the support for it is far greater than it is in Lancaster. I think here the support is far wider than most folks, I think, talk about in open circles. But I would look at it this way. If I was in a township, I was that rural taxpayer, and my township did not sign on board with this, what you're telling me is, is my share of the casino gaming revenue that I should be getting is going somewhere else. And the county is not contributing to my township for providing me EMS. No. I am, it's, I'm offering them a bonus pot of money that normally goes to other feel-good programs that folks predominantly in the rural areas have complained about for years. Mm. Cello lessons for kids and all these other feel-good programs and self-esteem programs. Okay, good. But it's not as important as imagining that, that $100 phone call for EMS uh, Tell me what's more I'm gonna,
1: important. I'm going to push on that one, too, because, uh, you know, I we talked to Dr. Wood about all the different uh, uh, investments that they made. A lot of them were infrastructure-based, uh, uh, broadband and things. They went around the county last summer handing out checks.
0: Irregardless. And it was also what? County ARPA dollars, predominantly a lot of it. Some of it was ECRA money. Yeah.
1: But it's not but to this say— this is ECRA handing but it out.
0: But and, and that's their job. They're a county authority. Yeah. They're, they're, and keep in mind, ECRA money is Erie County money. It's an authority owned by the county. Right. You know, these are all taxpayer funds. So, I mean, to me, we, I mean, we could discuss how that's a complete duplication of services to begin with, and we're paying for offices and overhead and people's doctorates and things of that nature. But water under the bridge. The point being, it's not that infrastructure is not important. But I'm going to tell you right now, do you care more about a sewer line going in front of your house? Or your wife is laying face down in the driveway in full cardiac arrest or grandma or your kids in the swimming pool? How important is that sewer line at that point? And I'm telling you, this system here is that broken where people are dying. Is
1: this surprising to you as you... Are now what a couple years into this year and job. a half,
0: eighteen months. 18. We've done a lot. It seems like it seems like it multiple seems like it's years because we're at light speed. But, but 18,
1: eighteen months in, are you surprised that this particular j- subject, which has been you know you know on people's minds for for decades now, but that this has kind of overcome uh, the the the. The, as the top priority for you for your administration
0: it's not a surprise at all i mean you look at the studies from 1975 and they're exactly the same this yeah. can has been kicked down the road for almost 35 40 years Incredible. you know or 45 years even arguably so i mean to me it comes that's what leadership is about you come in you triage the system you reprioritize based on the situation at hand and then you go to work this is hundred percent my top priority yeah. The, the the EMS crisis, when it, when you're talking about people's lives, there is no greater priority. There isn't one. And, and I mean, this comes from, this is pri- over-prioritizing beyond economic development, beyond right. job creation, beyond any of that. It's people's lives, and that's what we're fighting for.
1: I do have to get to one more subject while I have County Executive Brenton Davis with us here uh, on Talk Erie, and we've got to talk about the airport because I think... Um, to me, it seems like it is just going slow and that we're also in another crisis. We're down to two departures a day out of this, out of the, our market. And again, we have a long history of, uh, you know, various uh, approaches to to airline service, but boy, it feels like we don't even have any right now.
0: I mean, I would agree with that, you know, and I mean, there's a lot of pressure on this airport. I mean, there's a lot of change in, in the markets and different struggles that we have, but our cost of employment's through the roof. I mean, $21 a person, I how, mean,
1: how, what What is the the role of, I mean, how do you attack that? I understand the airport has a $3 million budget.
0: So there's only one way to attack it, and that's come up with a fund. I mean, that's like we've talked about, subsidizing the airport. So there's no
1: more cutting that could happen at the airport?
0: I mean, honestly, I mean, looking and talking to the number folks, I mean, I, I think they've done a lot of what they can do. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you you, you can't cheat the power bill. You can't control how much it snows. You know, you you, got to pay people to be there to man the airport. You know, you've got to provide security. You've got to meet the basic FAA requirements. And you know, you've got to provide services. So I I think they've done a pretty good job in cutting revenue. I think we can be a lot more aggressive in going after grants. But like I tell folks all the time, A grant is not guaranteed simply because you apply to the federal government or county government last year. And it doesn't matter whether you're GCAC or whoever you are, you apply to county government Mm -hmm. this year or last year and you got a grant doesn't mean you're getting it next year. So don't make your budgets based on grant funding. Well, we can't do that at the airport either. You know, so that's why we've got to we've had to tighten our belt in county government. You know, I mean, I had to deliver deliver unfortunate news for many organizations that the funding they thought they were going to get or expecting is not coming. Because we've got to make up this deficit somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, and you've got talks in the city of Erie how they're facing a potential $6 million deficit. And they've got to figure out how to come out of that, you know, and on top of that, I mean, they are a majority partner at the airport. So, I mean, the responsibility to subsidize comes predominantly from the city. So, I mean, you have to look at that, you know, between the county and the city as partners on that airport. we're talking about really
1: having county budget lines to subsidize the airport well
0: i don't know necessarily a budget line but we'd have to create a fund so the current proposal I mean, is it's
1: kind of like what we did with the convention center you know kind of
0: shoring up the overages at the convention center right and, and you got to keep the doors open yeah you know what else do you do but i mean that that's why you know the chamber is 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 taking up the the mantle for raising a million and a half dollars out of the private sector you know so they're focused on that i've got a previous mayor joe senate full-time as our economic development guy that is his number one priority that I've laid out before him to really stay on this airport issue to, you know, we've had sit downs with, with Mayor Schamber, myself and former mayor Senate and, and talked about how we can bridge the gap. You know, we need the number specifically from the chamber in the airport and looking at the finances of what the public contribution needs to be to, to bring those em, employment costs down. And we need to bring them down from $21 to more like $5 or $6 to be competitive. And and that's that's quite a long way, yeah, you sure know. Is. So we have all these unexpected costs, you know, that weren't here. I mean, between the community college, between fire and EMS crisis, now the airport. I mean, these are three major issues that are all critical to our community that a year ago weren't even on their radar, which is why that financial uh, stability but also that knowledge of having somebody in these offices that is financially stable that understands finances that hasn't run a household or a company bankrupt you need you know you need to have that ability to look at it and project into the future and and you know the chamber is one of the entities that was cut for a quarter million dollars and you know we had a meeting last week and rightfully they were you know set back by that maybe a little upset yeah. But I mean like I explained to them like we're looking at all of our partners to be good partners in our community to save our airport. We need to do triage here. You know, we're bleeding out. It's time to put a tourniquet on this thing. And 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 sometimes with leadership, it comes those tough choices and that's where we started. Almost
1: uh just one last question for Brenton Davis. The uh when can you think that the Erie County residents could see some kind of an announcement or some movement? uh regarding the the fortunes at the airport here
0: well you know i mean it's going to come down to raising those funds you know i mean like we're looking to the chamber to go to the private sector we're looking for the numbers to come back from the airport and where they need to be and, and then it's going to be up to mayor shember and myself sitting down and saying hey with our council this is where we're at this is our share of the pie yeah this is how we're going to split this and these are the commitments for the next two or three years that we need to make
1: Maybe we need to start having the chicken dinners at the airport.
0: Well, you, just... you, you, you might be able to. Let's get this EMS authority through and alleviate the, the fire and EMS folks, and we'll do the chicken dinners for the airport. <laughs> County your, your Executive idea. Brendan
1: Davis, thank you for taking the time. Appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from talkerie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com.